coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. We are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me again this week, Matt Price and Ryan McDowell. Last week we did fits and needs, uh, cover the AFC. This week we're going to touch on each team from the NFC, try to put a little bit of a draft spin on it. Guys, we're we're looking for nice landing spots for these rookies. We got, like I said, got through the entire AFC. It's time to do the NFC, and we better start in the NFC West, and we'll start with the Rams. Uh, pretty well set as far as their skill positions go, Matt. Goff at quarterback, Gurley at running back, Woods, Cooks, and Cup. Also Reynolds at wide receiver, and then the combination of Everett and Higby. Not necessarily a great landing spot for a rookie at any of these spots. Maybe running back, though, to spell Gurley or potential for for some playing time at some point. But we saw how that went with Malcolm Brown. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, this honestly feels like a draft for the Rams. We're going to be looking at, like at least on the offensive side of the ball, we're going to get an offensive lineman because they lost Roger Saffold. Um, you know, it, it, the, the, the line is just not as talented as we, we maybe thought it was. So that's another negative for Gurley. And in addition to this arthritis stuff is kind of all the talk right now, but they did just go ahead and extend Malcolm Brown. So it seems like they feel comfortable with him. It's been a, you know, a later round pick on John Kelly last year. I mean, I guess it's possible they add maybe like a dynamic pass catcher out of the, out of the backfield to, to kind of compliment Gurley, although obviously he's a good re- uh, receiver as well. And it's one of the things we liked about Kelly also. So I don't know. I don't really see them spending much capital at any of these skill position players that they're going to spend on the offensive side of the ball. I, I think it's going to be at the offensive line position. Yeah, I totally agree. When you look at this depth chart, it's, it's obviously pretty impressive. That's why they've had uh, such great success the past couple of seasons. Uh, just, just from a dynasty standpoint, maybe they make a move at tight end, but they, they've spent these mid round picks the past couple of years on Everett and Higby. Uh, I think dynasty owners are still kind of hanging on to each of those guys for a possible breakout. I know personally I still uh, still have some hope for Gerald Everett. Uh, and, and, of course, if they were to use another third or fourth round pick on a tight end, it would obviously be bad news probably for both of those guys. Yeah, and I, th- I think you're right on that, Ryan. There, That's where the potential hole is that could be filled, for dynasty owners at least. But again, unless it's a first or a second round pick, it's going to be it's just going to muddy up the water with those other two that are already in place. Let's move on to San Francisco. Uh, this, on the other hand, does present the potential for dynasty owners to get excited about a landing spot for one of these rookies, especially at wide receiver. Uh, currently, Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin, Jordan Matthews and Trent Taylor are also on the depth chart there, but certainly room for a playmaking cat, pass catcher, Ryan. They've added to the depth at running back, adding Tevin Coleman to Breda and, and Jarek McKinnon, Jimmy Garoppolo looking for a bounce back after the injury, and we all know about the dynamic George Kittle at tight end. If if anywhere, it's at wide receiver, somebody to compliment Pettis, perhaps one of these big name, big big body receivers. Yeah, the 49ers clearly have a need at wide receiver, and and they've been linked to all of these big-name receivers, essentially, that have moved this offseason. Uh, early in the offseason, we heard from Antonio Brown that he, he wanted to go to San Francisco. We know that didn't work out. They were in trade talks with the Giants for 
Odell Beckham. That didn't go their way either, although they reportedly made it made a strong offer for him. So now they're, you know, there's there's still a pretty big gap there. Dante Pettis has really been gaining some dynasty value this offseason, and we'll just see how early of a pick they use and how that impacts his value. I think he's probably better suited to be uh, a second wide receiver uh, on an NFL team. They've got that early second rounder, which is just, you know, you're just primed to be one of these uh, wide receivers that falls to the second. Maybe it's Harry, maybe it's A.J. Brown. Uh, I think those are probably the two most likely to slip. Yeah, a wide receiver, I think, is obviously the big need here. They're set at tight end with Kittle. Uh, hopefully Garoppolo is going to be the, the quarterback they everybody thinks he's going to be. And then at running back, they just have this, you know, this 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 group of misfits with McKinnon, Coleman, Breda, Wilson, but it, uh, and, and uh, Raheem Mostard as well. They also extended, uh, so it, it seems like they feel like they're okay at running back, but there's no real standout talent there. So uh, maybe that's an option in a later round to bring in a bigger back, uh, but because it kind of seems, seems like they want to go with these these smaller, quicker guys. Um, and then uh, a wide receiver, Pettis. I'm obviously I obviously love him, but they don't really have anybody in terms of like a red zone weapon other than Kittle. You know, in that receiving game uh, they were actually the the worst in the league in the red zone uh scoring rate last year at just 41.2 percent of their plays there so uh they need somebody in that regard uh to help out kittle uh, with those with those shorter passing touchdowns yeah and like you mentioned ryan if one of those big time receivers end up there particularly in that, with that high second round pick that guy's going to move up draft boards for for dynasty owners i think we all know i'm a brown fan but Man, any of these, especially big body guys, like you said, Matt, those guys that can go up and get it and compliment uh, Dante Pettis with with their their above the rim action, I guess, uh, would would certainly be a, a good thing for dynasty owners. I don't know if they like him, but I'd love to see Butler there with his ball skills and being able to move all around the formation. He just seems like an excellent red zone weapon. Him with both his size and uh, his ability to to basically do whatever they need him to do in that area. For sure. Let's go to the Seahawks. They've been in the news over the last week or so with all the Russell Wilson drama, or at least the speculation about the quarterback wanting to move on, and then the news that he wants part- mostly guaranteed money, and for that money to that dollar amount to go up with the salary cap. That's probably a topic for another day. But the Seahawks have a lot of playmakers already in place, including Wilson, Chris Carson, and Rashad Penny, who who they invested a high pick in last year at running back. Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett at wide receiver seem to be set as those top two guys. Also have David Moore uh, for dynasty owners. Um, but a need perhaps there as a third or fourth option in the passing game. And then the, the trio, I guess, of Vanette, Dixon, and Disley at tight end seems to be set there. But certainly some room in that those pass-catching ranks, Matt. Uh, it seems to me, you know, Wilson moves around so much and any receiver can become a big play receiver. So unlike other teams and, and maybe like the 49ers that we talked about, they're not necessarily locked into one specific type of receiver if they decide to go that way, especially early in the draft. I think dynasty owners could get excited about any one of these receivers picked in those within those first two or three picks for the Seahawks if they decide to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and they're another team that lacks kind of size in that receiving game. You know, Disley had some had some nice production early before he got hurt, but otherwise we didn't really see a whole lot out of the the tight end posi- position there. So, you know, whether they go big bodied wide receiver or one of these early tight ends, you know, I know Hawkinson's mocked to everybody, but Hawkinson kind of feels like a Seahawks guy, like somebody they would really like to have down there in the trenches doing the dirty work and all that. So um, that seems like potentially an option if he was to last that long in the first round. I kind of doubt it. but uh, And then at receiver, like you said, any of these bigger guys, because Baldwin is great, but he's getting old, and, and, and Lockett doesn't offer much in terms of size. David Moore came on a little bit, but I think they could probably do better that with this class. And then, you know, Amar, the, the, the cast-offs like Amara Darbo and Jerron Brown, they don't really inspire too much confidence for, for Wilson so again another team that needs one of these bigger wide receivers I think to help them out in the red zone I think the only thing we can feel safe with the Seahawks as far as projecting what moves they might make among these four positions is that they they won't be drafting a running back I certainly hope not (laughs) Uh, this team's in trouble I mean we've heard this Russell Wilson news the past uh, week or so the deadline is is today as we're recording and, and it looks like it's going to pass without a deal. He's demanding more money. 
some of the national analysts are starting to come out and, and really suggest that th this is a real issue, that he could get traded. So obvious concerns there or, or questions there, questions at wide receiver with Doug Baldwin. At this point, there's we're not even sure if he's going to play next year or, or play ever again. Uh, some, some rumors that he could just hang it up, multiple surgeries already this offseason. This, this is a team I, I would really be worried about in general and not sure I really want any of these guys. Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson, definite sells to me uh, if I have them in my dynasty league. And this, this whole situation just makes the first-round pick for Rashad Penny look even worse. Yeah, but the, but really the question here is how nice a landing spot is Seattle right now? I think what you're saying, and I don't want to put, put words in your mouth, Ryan, so correct me if I'm wrong, is that with the with the question marks surrounding Wilson and his future with the franchise, maybe this isn't the necessarily the nice landing spot that a lot of dynasty owners think it might be. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we don't know who their quarterback's going to be at this point. I'm not I'm not one hundred percent confident that Russell Wilson's going to be there next year or that Doug Baldwin is going to play. So there could certainly be some playing time opportunity for wide receivers, but you know, the Seattle team, they hit on some some late-round uh, draft uh, defensive guys a few years ago in the draft. They made their run. Russell Wilson obviously was, was a great pick for them, but I think overall the, the management and the coaching staff has gotten too much credit. They've, they've made a lot of poor moves as far as management uh, of this roster, and, and I think we're going to start seeing the effects of that. Do you guys even know who the backup quarterback is right now for Seattle? I just looked it up because I wasn't sure. I don't think I do. It's Paxton Lynch. That's the only other quarterback uh, on the roster right now. So if this this goes wrong with Wilson, they're in trouble at that position. So maybe they're a dark horse to you know make some moves in the first round and go up a, and get a, an earlier quarterback. I don't they know. can't. They only have they four can't. picks in the entire draft. Right. They already traded their second round pick to Houston. That's gone. And they're, it's not like they have a high pick already. They're picking in the bottom half of the league and maybe even right. the bottom bottom third. So they don't have the the ammunition to move up. It seems that maybe John Schneider would be more likely to move down to collect more picks. And and I don't know if that's necessarily a good good move either. The the Seahawks have many needs, like you said, Ryan. It, it's not they're not in great shape at this point, and all the Russell Wilson drama is just going to add to that. Uh, as the this off season and, and the 2019 season progress. You know, one thing I do lean back on with the Seahawks is a lot of us had big question marks going into 2018. They had what most would consider a successful season. It seemed like that coaching staff got the most out of the, the talent that was on the roster. They obviously have trouble on the offensive line. Their defense took a step back but didn't really show it or appeared like they should have taken a step back but really didn't. Um, so I guess... Seahawks fans can can hang their hat on that. The last team in the NFC West that we need to cover is the team holding the number one pick in the NFL draft. That's the Arizona Cardinals. Again, there are playmakers on this offense, uh, really at every level. Um, we all assume that Kyler Murray is going to be their quarterback, but Josh Rosen is there as well. David Johnson and Chase Edmonds at running back provide a nice one-two punch, or at least a backup option to to DJ there. And then Fitzgerald, the the elder statesman to to Christian Kirk. There's some question marks following that. Ricky Seals Jones and Charles Clay are the tight ends that are on the roster, at least dynasty wise. Um, obviously, lots of needs on the team as a whole. Ryan, tight end and wide receiver are probably the ones that we're going to focus on. Um, we're expecting Kyler Murray to be on the roster, so that's going to be a, you know, fill that need. What are your thoughts overall on Arizona's landing spot for these skill position players? Uh, I like it a lot at the wide receiver position. I already like, obviously, Fitzgerald and, and Kirk, but, of course, we know, as as you mentioned, Fitzgerald is – uh, is a short-term player for them. Uh, we, we would think this might be his last year coming up. It's, it's a year-by-year -year deal with him now. But any wide receiver they add to be that third guy would, would be somebody I would want to target. And, uh, yeah, Ricky Seals-Jones is another guy I'm still kind of holding out hope for. Uh, I think he's done some work with, with their new coach, who I'm blanking on right now. 
uh, Kingsbury. Kingsbury. Yeah, I think he's had some experience with Kingsbury before, so that's a that's a connection that could help him. Uh, but overall, I would I would say I'd be targeting a wide receiver that lands in Arizona. I uh, I don't know if you guys saw today, but Daniel Jer- Jeremiah sent out a tweet uh, that was said uh, you know April first confidence meter Kyler Murray is going to be the number one overall pick about ninety percent, and then today sixty percent. So you know I know we're all kind of just saying that this is going to happen, but what if it doesn't? I mean, how does that change the scenario? What kind of targets are they going to have at the wide receiver position to fit with Josh Rosen's needs? So I think I mean if they don't end up with with Kyler Murray, then we have to kind of have to rethink the entire direction of what this team wants to do uh, and how they're going to fit. Uh, Rosen into into that offense because it doesn't really seem like he, he fits that well. Honestly, right now, there's been a lot of talk about that this offseason as well. So, you know, wide receiver ups, obviously a need. Uh, Dan, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't give more credit to Charles Clay. He saved a season for you not too long ago in, 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 a, in a dynasty <laughs> format. So they signed him. They got a veteran in mind, Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, you know, a tight end, of course, is a need for everybody, I think, at this point uh, that doesn't have one of those those top reliable guys. But it just this this offense is just really weird, and I don't know what's going to happen with it. it. It certainly seems like they need a big wide receiver like everybody else does. We've got Kirk, and, but everybody behind Christian Kirk and Fitzgerald uh, is, is just a huge question mark right now. So... I don't know. I, I honestly have no idea what this team is going to do other than potentially taking Murray at one. Yeah, maybe maybe what they're going to do isn't the question on the minds of, of Dynasty owners, but but how well these guys will be received and, and how they fit into the offense that, like you guys were saying, it's a big question mark. We don't know. They have, they have big needs across the roster, including offensive line. Uh, you guys mentioned tight end and wide receiver, but their defensive line as well could, you know, they could, they need pass rush help, uh, pass coverage help. They're, they're kind of all over the place as far as needs go. And holding those high picks in each round, there's the potential for us to be pretty excited about somebody landing there. And then, you know, there's also the potential that they go the other way with a lot of these picks. And we may not see that wide receiver that we'd like to see land there. So uh, a lot of question marks in Arizona. I'm You know, with the questions at quarterback, I'm not quite as smitten with the Cardinals as a landing spot as as many dynasty owners that are out there are. Uh, Let's move on to the NFC North, guys. And it pains me to say, but we'll start with the best team in the division, the Chicago Bears. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky under center. Of course, they trade away their their starting running back, Jordan Howard, I guess, and and add Mike Davis. Tariq Cohen's on the roster. Did a lot of work in free agency a year ago. Allen Robinson was a big part of that. They also have Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel at receiver. And then tight end Trey Burton along with Adam Shaheen. So another team, uh, another good team that has a lot of the boxes checked, Matt, as far as needs that we care about as dynasty owners. Um, you could say that, that maybe they need another running back, a guy to fill part of that role, uh, that Mike Davis won't necessarily take on Howard's workload and, and maybe not be uh, the same kind of player or, that, or used in the same way as Howard was. Some still question how dynamic Trey Burton is um, and think maybe they could add another receiver to that group. Overall, with this offense, they spread the ball around, though, whether it be running backs, wide receivers, or tight ends. So I don't know how excited dynasty owners are going to be with an addition among the skill players. No, I, I agree with you. I think there's potential they add. A, I know they just signed Mike Davis, but I don't know if we really care that much about that contract. Um, so there, I think there's potential there that they have a, you know, have a not necessarily a Jordan Howard replacement, but maybe somebody more talented than Jordan Howard there. I mean, the defense is set, so it seems like there's going to be a lot of picks on this offense, but there's not a lot of you know, room for them. So maybe it's a heavy offensive line draft. Uh, I think Taylor Gabriel certainly played well last year, but that's a spot where they could look to upgrade. Um, you know, hopefully Allen Robinson comes into into what we want Allen Robinson to be, but that might not be, might not happen. So maybe they're looking to have a have a bigger a bigger guy there behind him to to groom him for when Robinson is you know has moved on or whatever. So I do think that wide receiver spot is three spot is probably the the best looking spot we're going to find for for fantasy and for dynasty with the potential for for running back maybe as well. And to keep things in perspective, dynasty owners aren't expecting a real high pick because, of course, the Bears don't own a first or second round pick because of the the big trades for or the big trade for Khalil Mack. In rounds three, four, five, and beyond, though, Ryan, uh, there is the potential that they add somebody here. Not likely a, a immediate contributor, though. I think it could be an immediate contributor at the running back position. Um, looking at many of the mock drafts that are being released, 
some of these top running backs that that we're looking at as potential first rounders in rookie drafts, guys like Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Damian Harris, those guys are all falling to the third round. And if that's the pick in the third round, 87 overall to the Bears, uh, that player is going to uh, going to gain even more dynasty value as the presumed starter there. Yeah, I, I would say the more likely fit would be a real late pick at, at running back. They, they do have needs across their the back end of their defense, at least. They, they lost their start, starting safety. They have some uh, pass rush and linebacker needs as well. You know, while the Bears are a very good team, uh, I really I don't expect them to go that way. I guess if they do, though, that like you said, Ryan, that, that player has the potential to be valuable as a dynasty asset. Moving on to the Vikings... Kirk Cousins under center, Delvin Cook in a lot of question marks at running back, and then the combination of Thielen, who got his big contract, and Stephon Diggs, along with Laquan Treadwell and a bunch of other question marks at wide receiver, Kyle Rudolph, and uh, not much more at tight end as well. So some needs in Minneapolis for the Vikings, for sure, Ryan. Um, if, you, if you had to pick a position you'd like to see the Vikings attack early in the draft to help a dynasty owner, which would it be? Probably the offensive line. Uh, but if we're, if we're focused on these four positions, I think it has to be running back. They, they obviously lost uh, Latavius Murray, who was, uh, who's been a solid player for them the past couple of years, probably a little underrated in dynasty leagues. Uh, and looking at their depth chart, they've, They've got the two rookies from last year who played well in the preseason and then never really got a chance after that, Mike Boone and Rock Thomas, and, and then they still have Amir Abdullah. Uh, so th- I feel like they've got to add uh, a, a strong backup running back, and maybe maybe that's with one of those late picks like you mentioned. Yeah, and maybe a compliment, a complimentary back to take the workload off of Cook, somebody that could have standalone value, value potentially if a guy is picked high enough. The only skill position player or the only skill position that you regularly see in a mock, especially in round one, is every now and then you'll see a tight end ending up in Minnesota. I don't know if that's necessarily a great fit, at least for, for us dynasty owners with Kyle Rudolph already there. Um, with Thielen and Diggs already in place as well, you usually don't see a wide receiver mock there until later either, Matt. I'm with Ryan. It's at running back, and, and hopefully it's a guy that can get on the field and split some of that duty, right? Yeah, because, I mean, Dalvin Cook, he's great, but we still don't know if he can stay healthy for an entire season. If that And if he goes down again, like Ryan said, we're looking at Michael Boone and Rock Thomas and Amir Abdul, and I don't know how confident they can feel with those guys, especially behind that suspect offensive line. Like Ryan mentioned, so that's definitely got to be a priority one, I think, whether or not you want to get a, a, a quick, fast kind of receiving back option or a bigger guy like they had when, uh, when with, with Murray there. Uh, I'm not sure which direction they would really want to go there. Maybe maybe uh, an option that can, can fill both of those roles, not as well as, as if they went with a specialist or not, but it's just kind of a kind of a do-it-all guy behind Cook might be the best option there. The other thing is that I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit at tight end because they brought in, was it last year or two years ago when they brought in Bucky Hodges on a, on a really late pick or maybe as a UDFA, I can't remember. Uh, so maybe they're just not happy with that situation or are going to try to replace it. And with a deep tight end class like this, maybe that's a spot they go to if, if they're not happy with what that uh, Rudolph is doing right now for them. And then, you know, wide receiver three, I think, is a potential at some point in the draft with Laquan Treadwell. Still, still, we're still holding out hope, sort of, not really for him. And some people are liking Chad Beebe. And, but there's really not that much there between the, the strong t- top two, obviously, with Thielen and Diggs. Um, so uh, those, those would be the spots I would look. Running back, like you mentioned, and then I think lesser at, at wide receiver and tight end. Indeed, let's move on to Green Bay and the Packers. Aaron Rodgers under center, of course, and the tandem of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I would say there's a definite need for the Packers to add another running back, a, a electrifying playmaker, perhaps. Wide receiver, same kind of thing. They invested a lot of picks into the youth at the position last year to try to add to Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison, MVS, and ESB both made impacts, at least in a slight way last year, but there's room for more there. And then at tight end, uh, they got some vets, Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis. Man, it seems like the Packers could go anywhere for dynasty owners except except quarterback, of course. I wouldn't mind 
any position. Matt, we'll start with you here. If if that if one of those two first round picks or that that early second early to mid second round pick ended up being a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, I really wouldn't mind any of them, and I think they have added value immediately. Yeah, I mean, they spent so much on the defensive side on free agency, so I really feel like they're going to try to adjust the offensive side. And we have to be careful here, Dan, because we could uh, talk about this for the rest of the show. But obviously, like you said, running back is a need, uh, depending on how you feel about Jamal Williams back there. They're clearly not going to be the player that some people thought they were going to be, probably including myself as well in that. Uh, some kind of playmaker, some kind of receiving back back there would be nice. Uh, none of these wide receivers have really shown anything outside of Adams. Allison is probably, uh, I mean, we're, we, we like him, but he's probably if we're being honest a replacement level player and neither rookie were able to get on the same page uh, with Rodgers last year hopefully this new coaching staff helps with that but I mean they definitely need a playmaker there and then of course at tight end with Graham you know not literally doing nothing last year like just he just has clearly I, I you and I both had hopes I think for him last year Dan but he clearly has nothing left in the tank and then Mercedes Lewis is he maybe he'll catch three touchdowns one game like he did two seasons ago for Jacksonville but uh, they clearly needed either so for, for my my needs for them or I guess my desire I guess in the first in the first round, which maybe you guys care <laughs> care about or not, but I think we like you said we need a pass catcher. If we spent our first two picks on a, on a on a tight end, one of those top level guys, you know, if it's Hawkinson, that would be great because now we're helping out the offensive line, which we have needs at as well. Uh, you know, Balaga's conf- contract expires after this year. We have questions everywhere else on the offensive line, so uh, I think he would help out in, in, in kind of a two birds with one stone kind of situation there. Um, and then obviously a, a, a receiver there at the end of the first round, whether it's A.J. Brown or, or somebody, some one of these explosive playmakers that you're talking about, I think it would be a great uh, start for the Packers there for the first round. Yeah, and it would help dynasty owners for sure. I think the dynasty value of some of these guys would, would go up. Ryan, you're like me, and you like looking at all these mock drafts and checking things out and seeing what people think will who will go where. Man, a lot of tight ends end up in Green Bay, according to these mock drafts. The more this thing progresses and we get closer to the actual NFL draft, some wide receivers are starting to slide in there. Which position would you prefer the Packers address early? I think they're in great position to address both wide receiver and tight end with that extra uh, first rounder they got, uh, I believe, from the Saints. So they've got the 12. If Hawkinson falls, I think that's pretty much a no-brainer if he doesn't. They can wait at tight end. The, the tight end class is still deep enough that they can wait uh, even to the second or third round. Uh, if if they don't like the value, maybe it's Irv Smith at the end of the first round. The combination of, of an extra pick in that, uh, in that first round, along with depth at both tight end and wide receiver in this class, just, just works out perfectly for them. I, I would want to ask you guys, though, as Packers fans, I saw a report that they brought in Drew Locke on a on an official visit. Uh, so I know Dan, you said anything other than quarterback. How would you feel if they used? I don't think they would use twelve, but if if they used a, a first rounder or even an early pick in general on a quarterback. I'm just gonna avoid the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate that a lot. I hate I hate it a lot, especially if it's one of the first two, one of the first rounders. Yeah, there's so many pick. needs on the on the roster. We you know we've been focusing on the dynasty aspect and those offensive skill positions, but Matt alluded to the offensive line. They need another safety on the back end, uh, middle linebacker to help out Martinez in there. That would be a need and and. You know, they always, any team playing that 3-4 needs those pass rushers to stack up. Even though they spent the money in free agency, they could use another one of those. So I don't see them going that direction. I certainly wouldn't like to see it. It seems like maybe that's a, well, we better collect a little more information on the guy because we don't know everything about him, perhaps. Uh, be funny, though, to waste one of those visits on a guy that you weren't considering, at least. Uh, I, I know he's still a developmental player, but I still like uh, a Kaiser behind him. You know, I still think I think that's fine for a backup. If he's got to play a game here and there, I mean, if Rodgers is going to get hurt for four to six plus games every year, then we probably need somebody more reliable back there. But uh, in terms of like the upside of, and, and just being able to spot start if they need to, I, I still like Deshaun Kaiser. Hey, at least there's one of you. Let's go <laughs> on to the Lions from Detroit. Matthew Stafford, on Johnson, uh, C.J. Anderson now behind Johnson, and, of course, Theo Riddick, wide receiver Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and the newbie Danny Amendola, and then Jesse James, another newbie at tight end. Seems like there's room here, Ryan, for 
potentially a pass catcher, um, get some more youth on that roster and another, another guy that can make plays for Matthew Stafford. How do you like this landing spot for a rookie? I think it's pretty similar to the Packers that we just talked about. They they need a wide receiver and they need a tight end. Probably probably not quite as strong at, at the quarterback position, but uh, you know they added Danny Amendola as you said and Jesse James at tight end. I think there's still a pretty clear need. They've been linked to uh, to Hawkinson as well as as many of those teams in the top ten or twelve have. I don't know that I would love this as a landing spot for for him. And with Galladay and Marvin Jones there already, I, I don't know that a rookie wide receiver would see immediate production, uh, but, you know, would, would have some value down the road. So I guess we're looking at tight end, but, you know, Stafford and the Lions, uh, I'm a little uh, – I guess it's a team I generally try to avoid. Yeah, we, we've kind of seen that story with Eric Ebron already, how, how the – the big time tight end coming in there that how that works out, Matt, <laughs> your thoughts on, on Detroit as a Latinx spot. Yeah. The biggest, I mean, their offense looks pretty good except for that wide receiver three or tight end option. You know, they don't really, I, I, I like Galladay and Jones as those outside threats. I don't really have a whole lot of faith in Amendola as the middle of the field threat. So the biggest need for me is uh, a bigger target there in the middle of the field for them that can really take over those crossing routes and uh, just kind of operate in the middle of the field. And they could fill that with either wide receiver or tight end. I know they just signed Jesse James, to you know, a decent amount of money, but I don't really think we any of us think that he's the answer there. Let's go down to the NFC South and start with the New Orleans Saints. Set at quarterback with Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater waiting in the wings. Seem to be pretty set at running back with Elvin Kamara and Latavius Murray backing him up. Wide receiver looks relatively deep with Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, Ted Ginn, Keith Kirkwood, Cam Meredith, and then at tight end they added Jared Cook, Matt. This offense spreads the ball around again as well. Drew Brees does that better than almost anybody else. Are we super excited about anybody, any specific position landing in New Orleans? I think I think we could get excited about a, wide, a, a higher profile wide receiver landing there. I know we liked Traquan Smith last year, but I don't know if he really did enough for, for the Saints or us to really be confident in him as an, as an every week starter. Uh, out there again is super old Kirkwood is still you know relatively unproven and Meredith we still don't know if his his he his knee is is ever going to be right again so I think there's 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 with with how many good wide receivers there are in this class there's uh, an opportunity for us to get excited about that landing spot and then I think Jared Cook is probably just going to end up being a one-year rental so uh, we we all every single year we want a tight end to go to, to New Orleans maybe this is the year it actually happens Ryan, this is another team void of a lot of draft capital, only one pick in the first four rounds, a late second round pick due to some trades uh, last year to try to stock up and win a Super Bowl before Drew is gone. Your thoughts on their their needs and, and will they dip their toe into the skilled players? I'm sure they will at some point, and, and I'm always going to chase those skilled players that they draft. Um, it's going to be a luxury pick, whether it's – a third running back or uh, a high upside wide receiver or that young tight end like Matt mentioned. Any of those guys, if they spend that that second rounder, certainly, but uh, really any pick. We've talked a lot about teams we want to avoid in general. This is the complete opposite. Any any rookie they take, I'm probably going to spend a a rookie pick on at some point. So I think probably uh, I would agree with Matt that the the highest upside would come at that wide receiver position. Uh, we, we still like Traquan Smith, but there's some questions with him as well. Yeah, and they, they have a history of chasing those those tall guys, big bodies, guys that can jump and run a little bit and try to hit lightning in a bottle, get another Michael Thomas, I guess. And they, they don't do too bad a job, really, uh, mid to late round picks especially. They've had some luck with them. We'll see if they, they dip their toe, like I said before, into it once again. Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan, then at running back, Devonta Freeman and Ito Smith. There's probably a need to replace Tevin Coleman, perhaps, there. Wide receiver seems set with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Muhammad Sanu also there to catch passes as well. And then Austin Hooper at tight end. Ryan, another team that seems to have most of the boxes checked. Like I said, maybe a need at running back. And and with a quarterback like Ryan, you don't mind a pass catcher landing there, although they have the mix of youth and and veterans as well. Um, How excited are you about the potential for a playmaker to end up in Atlanta? 
I would be excited about a running back, um, especially if they spend uh, a, a day two pick on that player. Honestly, I think at this point, Devontae Freeman and Edo Smith are, are both kind of being overvalued. Um, so I would see a, a day two running back as, as a player who could potentially be the starter by the end of the 2019 season. Yep, I agree with Ryan. Don't really have a whole lot to add. Uh, I mean, I guess it's possible that they want to upgrade on Mohamed Sanu at their wi- third wide receiver position, but otherwise, I think running back is a spot we're going to look to here. You know, maybe it's a again a put up or shut up year for Austin Hooper, but I mean, he's young and he's comfortable in that system, so I don't know why they would really look to spend a lot of capital there. So I think we're looking at running back here for for the Falcons. Yeah, I, c- I completely agree with you guys and, and concur that that a guy could make an impact immediately, especially if it's that day two, uh, day two pick that they use on him. Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton under center and some question marks around him for this offseason and going into next year. But at running back, Christian McCaffrey gets all of his work, but only Cameron Artis, Artis Payne with any experience behind him on the depth chart. At wide receiver, very young with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Lots of needs beyond that. And then at tight end, Greg Olson, if he's back, uh, the latest news suggests he will be, but even if he isn't, Ian Thomas is already in place. Seems like there's a need, Matt, for potentially a backup to Christian McCaffrey, but dynasty owners wouldn't necessarily be excited about that because of how how much McCaffrey's on the field. And then at wide receiver, another team that could use that big-bodied receiver. Yep, definitely. That's the spot that stuck out for me is, is a bigger wide receiver there. And obviously this is the class to, to do that in. So hopefully they do are able to address that position. And then, like you said, at running back McCaffrey at like 91.3% of the snaps or something last season. I'm not sure, I'm not sure that's going to continue again. Who knows? But uh, obviously have a need there behind him to, to give him a break every now and then if they decide he needs one. And, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe another dark horse spot for a quarterback as well. But I think that one of those bigger wide receivers is where we're really looking at here. Yeah, I agree. I think I think I'm maybe a little more intrigued with what they do at running back. They, uh, they of course, they talked up Christian McCaffrey and how much they wanted to use him all last off season and and followed through with that. Uh, and now it's going the other way that they want to dial his work back a little bit. Um, the C.J. Anderson thing didn't work out for whatever reason, but I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of running backs in this class that are going to be available on day three that that would be good fits in that system as as kind of the you know the short yardage back or the just the bigger back uh, to complement McCaffrey uh, you know guys like uh, like my guy Benny Snell is the first one to come to mind but um, there are others Rodney Anderson uh, Mike Weber would work so th- there's going to be a lot of options but yeah you're you're right Dan those won't necessarily be uh, hot dynasty commodities stuck behind McCaffrey. Yeah, and, and even if they went the other way and tried to get a similar player with a similar skill set to be c- kind of pl- learned from McCaffrey and play behind him in case of an injury, again, not very, not not adding a lot of immediate dynasty value for dynasty owners. Let's go on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jameis Winston at quarterback, a mess at running back with Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber and Andre Ellington and whatever running back they add in the draft. Wide receiver a little bit better with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but also could use some help there. And then tight end is the is probably the position they're most set at with O.J. Howard and Cameron Braid. I'd like to see another running back in the mix here. Like to see a wide receiver. Uh, of course, they, they had a loss there in free agency as well, especially in the slot. We'll see what they do here, though, Ryan. What are your thoughts? I think this is probably the team that dynasty owners should be paying most attention to, maybe of any in the NFL draft. Uh, clear, clear opening at running back for someone to t- come in and become the starter. Of course, we said the same thing last year with Ronald Jones, uh, but that's that's going to be the case again. And then they do need that third wide receiver as well. And, and in this offense with Jameis Winston, who we, we know is not afraid to chuck it, uh, of course, the Bruce Arians offense, which we're all excited to see. These, these Buccaneers are another team I'm going to be chasing. 
definitely, uh, obviously, a, a, a nice spot for one of these speed receivers, whether it's, you know, somebody as highly drafted as Campbell or Hollywood Brown, maybe Mecole Hardman is a good fit there to kind of fill that speed role for them. And that Bruce Arians offense, uh, Evans obviously is a downfield threat. Godwin, you know, he is, but but not nearly as much as one of these faster guys would be. So that's the spot I want. Uh, obviously, running back, who knows what they're going to do there. Uh, man, it's just, it, it just feels, again, I've talked about this before, is that I'm going to fall in love with whoever whoever goes to this team in this draft because of the, because of that offense and how much I love Bruce Arians and what he does offensively. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in at whatever running back or wide receiver happens. I think they might end up being one of the, you know, one of the most attractive picks at the top of rookie drafts is whichever one of those guys lands here. Yeah, it's trendy to, to find that among the lists of, of players that are positions that dynasty owners really like. It's kind of odd, though, because that first round pick, they pick so high, I think at five in the first round. Most of the mocks you see, see them going with defense at linebacker or, or defensive line. So it's obviously going to be the second and third and fourth round picks where they could make an impact for dynasty owners. But I think most of us do expect them to do that at running back and receiver. Let's move on to the NFC East, fellas. We'll start with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, pretty well set all over the depth chart once again. Carson Wentz at quarterback. They added Jordan Howard. They also have Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood and Josh Adams at running back uh, for depth. Wide receiver with Alshon Jeffrey and the addition of Deshaun Jackson to go along with Nelson Aguilar. And then at tight end, probably the best duo in the league with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Not a lot of big pressing needs for the Philadelphia Eagles there, Matt. But if they were to add somebody at one of these positions, what position would you want them to attack? I think, I think probably running back or wide receiver too. I mean, they they look solid on paper as, as in terms of a depth chart, but not really any exciting options at either of those two positions. Uh, and then I know we don't care as much about this for dynasty, but at the running back position, we certainly should care about their offensive line. You know, I think we consider them as one of the best in the league and they are right now, but it's, I mean, it looks a little bit rough. Peters, of course, maybe a first ballot hall of famer, but he's 37. Uh, Brooks tore his ACL in the playoffs. Jason Kelsey, their center has openly talked about retirement being an option. So, I mean, there's a lot, they have a potential to have a real mess on their hands at offensive line. And especially with Carson Wentz coming out, uh, the report coming out today or yesterday uh, about his back, not being 100% healed you know they're going to want to be able to protect him so I feel like this is going to be a, a, an offensive line heavy draft for them and, and maybe less about what we care about uh, in terms of new additions to this offense but maybe in supporting the old old uh, the, the players already on their team yeah I think this this feels like a team kind of on the brink now you look at their uh, offensive skill positions that we're focused on their wide receivers Jeffrey and Djax, a couple of old guys. Every one of their running backs is is just terrible, honestly. And then Wentz and Ertz both have this injury history. Uh, this this could either you know this could be a Super Bowl contender or they could lose a dozen games. It, it feels like it really could go either way. Uh, and then throw in the the offensive line issues that that you mentioned, Matt. Running back. From a, from a dynasty standpoint, running back is still the spot that, that I would be focused on. Uh, even after the Jordan Howard trade, I think they could still use uh, one of these picks on a rookie running back and, and really just kind of clear out the, the other junk that they have. And, and that rookie would be someone I would, I would target. Yeah, I, I think I'd target a wide receiver still as well. I wouldn't be afraid of that because of what you said there, those those aging receivers with Jeffrey and, of course, Jackson. Uh, there's room for a guy to make an impact, maybe not in 2019, but, but perhaps beyond, uh, especially if one of those guys move on. Let's go to the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott, of course, is under center for the Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott in definite need for depth behind him, but not necessarily a great landing spot for one of the premier running backs in this draft. At wide receiver, they got their number one guy with Amari Cooper and added a nice slot option with Randall Cobb. Also have Michael Gallup from last year's draft and a couple of veterans in Alan Hearns and Tavon Austin. And then speaking of veterans, the addition... Uh, once again, of Jason Witten at tight end creates the not going to be there forever, but they so they could go in that direction in the draft. So could go really anywhere here, Matt. Running back for depth, wide receiver for the same thing, and perhaps a wide receiver too, and then tight end because they need somebody along with Witten. What do you see happening here, and, and how, how good would that be for dynasty owners? Yeah, 
Darius Jackson is the backup right now. Jordan Chun, that's a new name for me. I'm just looking at the Cowboys running back depth chart right now, uh, and that is an obvious need. I'm, I'm a little surprised they didn't bring back Rod Smith. You know, on a, on a cheap deal, he seemed very serviceable and you know even startable for dynasty purposes. Honestly, um, uh, when when Zeke was missing some time there, so that is definitely a concern. And tight end, they, they you know we all know the story how they got sniped on Dallas Goddard last year. So I think that's going to be a, a priority for them as well. Um, and then, like you said, wide receiver, you know, Cooper Gallup, if you still like him, Cobb, you called him nice. I'm not sure we can still, still call him nice. Uh, I guess that Ryan's on the show, so we have to, we have to, you know, at least be nice to Rat Randall Cobb, but yeah, not a lot there either. Uh, I, I think they could, but I think they could use maybe a blocking wide receiver there. They tend to like those, those types to help out the, the run game of, that of course is so strong. So, uh, I'm not really excited about anyone landing here, to be honest with you, you know, the running backs, like you said, is going to be all blocked by Ezekiel Elliott and maybe tied in if they're, if they're able to get one of those top guys, but we're not going to see anything from him in 2019. Matt, I'm a little surprised you said that about Cobb because when healthy, he has been uh, at least serviceable and he's made some big plays over the last couple of years when he's been healthy. Um, Of course, the Cowboys are another team that doesn't have a first round pick because of the Amari Cooper trade. So we're looking to the second, third and fourth round for playmakers. And because Elliott, you know, a lot like Christian McCaffrey, Ryan takes on so much of that workload. It's not necessarily a great landing spot for a running back, despite the need. And at wide receiver, there's not, not, not a great opportunity for immediate playing time either. I was going to echo Matt's comments on, on Rod Smith. I'm really surprised they didn't bring him back. I actually think he's still out there and available. So maybe, Maybe he does end up back with Dallas. They obviously need a backup running back there. Darius Jackson is is not going to cut it. Um, and also, glad you mentioned the Dallas Goddard thing from last year. They seemed primed to pick him before the Eagles traded up and, and sniped him away. So adding a, a tight end on day two would be uh, would be a good move and a player we should pay attention to, a guy maybe like Jay Sternberger. We know Jerry Jones always likes to target local guys in, in Texas and Arkansas, so maybe that's Sternberger there at tight end. And, and again, that would be uh, really any tight end they bring in would be a player I would look at in the third or fourth round of rookie drafts. Yeah, a guy that, that could be one of those guys that you target late uh, just because of value and, and long-term appeal. Let's go to the G- New York Giants uh, you could say needs across this depth chart as well, particularly at quarterback behind or, or along with Eli Manning and then depth behind Saquon Barkley, much like we talked about with Zeke. And then wide receiver, they need that number one guy now that they uh, they lost one or gave one away, I maybe should say. Uh, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and Corey Coleman. Um, Shepard and Tate are good players or, or at least above average players. But they're not number one receivers. Their number one receiver probably is a tight end with Evan Ingram, Matt. Yeah, I I, I don't know that they're going to spend any capital on running back. I guess it's possible. Gallman seems fine though. Uh, wide receiver, like you said, they have no they have no wide receiver one. I don't know who's going to take the co- the the predominant defensive coverage away from some of these these slot receivers that they have in in, in Sterling Sharp and, and Golden Tate. I just don't know where they're going to we're going to go. That I guess it's Ingram is maybe is going to draw the the top the toughest coverage there. So, uh, man, give give me a wide receiver, give me a quarterback, uh, but that's about it. I think for this team, this this roster is so bad. <laughs> they have they have six slot receivers and no quarterback. So, I would think they would add a, another wide receiver, a big wide receiver. Um, some talk of DK Metcalf in the first round, maybe with that seventeenth pick. That would just be the the perfect pick for them. And and then we can stay away from him altogether. You know, my absolute nightmare out of this draft would be if somehow Miles Sanders got drafted by the Giants and he had to play between behind Saquon Barkley again, that would just, (laughs) just be awful. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of awful, let's talk about the Redskins to, to kind of finalize this episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast. A mess at quarterback with the injury to Alex Smith and Case Keenum and Colt McCoy backing him up. Maybe a need there. Running back, Darius Geis and his injury, that's 
always a question mark coming off of something serious like that. And then the mess of Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson, Samaj P. Ryan and Rob Kelly and who and how they all work together. And then at wide receiver, another mess with Paul Richardson being your wide receiver one, Josh Doxson being the two, and Trey Quinn having to fill the, the number three role. So need there. Maybe tight ends solidified, at least until Jordan Reed gets hurt. Uh, then then maybe Vernon Davis takes over for the rest of the season, like always. Guys, what do we do here with Reds, with the Redskins? Are we are we excited about anybody ending up in Washington, D.C.? I kind of have a little bit of hope. I'm, I'm interested, of course, to see what they do at the quarterback position. Uh, they seem to be the favorite at this point for Josh Rosen, if there's a trade there. Uh, maybe that's their 15th pick. If it's not a trade for Rosen, then I guess it could be Drew Locke or Daniel Jones. If that's the way they go, I would I would still have uh, plenty of concerns and questions about them. Uh, and, and they've got to use some of those late picks. They have two third-rounders, they have two fifth-rounders, and, and then two seventh-rounders. They've got to use some of those, maybe multiple of those picks on the wide receiver position. Yeah, this is this feels like a team we should be excited about landing spots for almost anywhere except for running back and I don't know I'm just not I just don't I just I'm just not you think that they 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 have the opportunity for a, a rookie but I'm just not confident in the quarterback they currently have on staff I'm certainly not quarterback uh currently not quarterback I'm definitely not a quarterback but I'm also not excited about you know if they were to bring in one of these rookie quarterbacks because uh, I don't think we're going to see much out of him in 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 year one and and brought in Keenum and we're not we already know that that he was kind of a uh, you know, fool's gold from what he did in Minnesota. And at wide receiver, we don't care about any of these guys either. But I also am not sure I care about if if, if a guy like DK Metcalf, who's been mocked there numerous times, lands there either. I just, I don't know. It's really hard to get excited about, about any, of, any of these skill position spots that are open for, the, for Washington right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I kind of just hope they bolster the offensive line and pick another pass rusher to replace Preston Smith and go get a defensive back because that's a need for them as well. You know, they're just so I don't have to deal with somebody landing there. I know a lot of dynasty owners are excited about Darius Geis and his upside this year, and I, I it seems to be fading for me for sure. So um, we'll we'll just take it for what it is with the with the Washington Redskins and what it is seems like like I said earlier, a mess. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast. We'll be back again next week, and we'll do one more rookie mock before the NFL draft uh, shakes this all up and we finally get these landing spots that we're all hoping for. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Maybe like Jay Sternberger. We we know Jerry Johnson. Nope. We know Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> There's your Easter egg. <laughs>